0: The artist there, Ntate Um, Yeah, you're going to have a lot more songs coming up on Heritage Day. So let's look then at the role that the lockdown has played. People are working from home on their devices all the time, on their phones, on their laptops, on their you know, tablets, whatever the case might be. Professor Renata Skuman is a member of the South African Society of Psychiatrists and she joins us now. Uh, Professor Skuman, good morning to you. Happy Heritage Day. Good morning, Kathy. Same to you. Good morning, listeners. Yes. And, you know, remote working, of course, has had to be implemented because what were the options, you know, especially at the height of COVID-19? And much of what has been implemented remains with us because we're still very much in the midst of the pandemic. But, of course, given the amount of time that has gone by already, there's now an opportunity to begin to sit and look at what has been the impact what has been the impact of, uh, you know, the working from home constantly having to be on our devices?
1: Your view? Yeah, I think the, the impact is multifaceted, as we've discussed previously, mm. never mind the emotional impact, the social implications and isolation. But I think that one thing that really comes to the fore is the impact of excessive screen time on how our brain functions and also the effect it has on our mood and our sleep. Professor Skuman, Yes, I'm
0: here. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, 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 yes. I, I can still hear you. Yes, I thought I lost, I lost you a bit there on the line, yes?
1: No, no, I have a lot to say, but I wasn't giving you an opportunity oh. to ask. <laughs> so um, let, let me explain a little bit about the excessive mm. screen time. So we understand that we have to work from home online. We understand that we school sometimes from home online. The important thing is how we manage our day and especially also then how we manage our personal time. So are we still then on devices? Because studies have clearly shown, and it's not studies only now from the lockdown, but even prior to the lockdown. So in the lockdown, we know that people's online time or their screen time has increased with more or less 80%. -hmm. And then... If we look at the impact that the study shows since 2017 when the first of these type of studies were done, it shows that excessive screen time negatively affects our ability to pay attention, to concentrate, our memory, to learn. It can make us more irritable, even cause mood symptoms, and it can also affect the quantity and the quality of our sleep. So what we've seen is that there's many, many more people that suddenly present with Dr. I think I have ADHD or my child has ADHD. Now, that group of people, we can divide in three. It might be people that always had ADHD and now they feel that the medication is not working good enough or the treatment doesn't work good enough because the excessive screen time exacerbates the symptoms. Mm -hmm. The second group of patients are those that had ADHD before but it went undetected. And now that they're working from home, there's not the structure of the office, there's not the accountability buddy or partner, and they really, really find it difficult to then get through their work day or to plan the day, organize the day and time management. And also parents that now observe ADHD symptoms in their children, which maybe the teacher brought to their attention long ago and they thought, ach, nieman, you know, it's not that bad. But now that they are sitting with the schoolwork with their child, they realize how much of the difficulties that the child has. And then the third group, which is where we can really make a difference. It's those people that present with, I think I have ADHD, but if we then investigate, we see it's excessive screen time. And just by cutting down on screen time, getting more active, making sure you have good quality of sleep, can then relieve those symptoms without you ending up with a diagnosis or unnecessary treatment.
0: Let's talk about the symptoms of ADHD, uh, Professor Skuman, because I think that's going to be important for people to be able to identify what exactly it is that might not be normal, you know. For some people, spending the entire day on their phones or on a device has become normalized and they then don't see the other symptoms or or, or the effect of that um in, in other areas of their life because they've normalized being on their phone so much that if somebody's not sleeping, they think, well, it's because I'm on my phone. They don't realize that they're not even sleeping as much as they need to or that they can't leave their device alone. You know, it it feels if if it dies, it feels like the world is going to come to an end. I I need my phone on. I need to be connected. And the reality is that half the time, We don't always have something to do on our phones and yet people create (laughs) you know, they almost some people create stuff to do on their phone just so that they can constantly be on their phones.
1: Yeah, or just mindless browsing. So what the studies have shown that we tend to look the average person look at their phone at thousand six hundred times a day. And the studies also have shown that the average person opens at least thirty seven apps or pages on the computer per hour. Now, if you think about that many interruptions, then it's no wonder that people feel that they are more distractible, they can't concentrate, they can't get through their work, the work gets more, and they have to work excessive hours now in the lockdown. But it really can be ascribed to not managing our technology well. Now, if we look at symptoms of ADHD, it is something that is consistent throughout your life. It's not something that has suddenly started in lockdown. Retrospectively, you would have noticed symptoms before. It also not only present at work or at school, it must also affect your personal life or your social life or our home life. So, what we see is three classes of symptoms inattentiveness, hyperactivity, and impulsivity. And it manifests a little bit different in children and in adults. But if we talk about impulsivity, that is the distracted. Uh, sorry, about the inattentiveness, that is the distractibility that you have that that your partner complain, hey, you don't listen to me, or that you have to speak three hundred times to your children. I mean obviously we have to tell children more than once sometimes to do something. But you will understand it's more the more the absent mindedness, someone that in dream world, zone out, lose time. If we look uh, um, also, in the inattentiveness, often in children, it can be people that losing their toys, their, their pencils, their pens, or whatever they need for school, or lose their school shoes. In adults, it's more they're always looking for the keys, their cell phone, and the wallet. Um, also, forget important information, or just maybe people's birth dates, or whatever the appointments and obligations they had. If we look at hyperactivity, obviously, that can range from people or children that excessively climbing around and not able to stay in their seat, to just being very, very fidgety. But in adults, it also can can present as workaholics. You know, they're always on the go. They always need to do something. They cannot just switch off and relax. And then the impulsivity, we know impulsivity is looking, you you speak before you think, you shout out artists, interrupt people when they're busy or interrupt other people's conversations, but also making impulsive decisions. You know, suddenly just spending money or, or Impulsivity can also be dangerous, like driving under the influence of alcohol, all of those. The fourth thing that's not part of the core criteria for ADHD, but we often see it, is emotional dysregulation. So in children, it can be meltdowns or temper tantrums. But in adults, it also can be those people that are almost like mood swings from one minute to the other. And it can be very, very... Reactive, So getting angry very mm. easily, getting annoyed, getting frustrated, but also getting very excited about things that other people might not always understand.
0: Doctor, uh, I mean, Professor Skuman, I'm listening to you go through, uh, you know, just some of these symptoms and I'm, I'm, I'm getting a bit worried because I think I, I would be able to tick one or two boxes. But <laughs> at which point... <laughs> At, at which point does one know if they have a real problem that needs yeah. to be attended to? So uh, you take you talk about the forgetfulness. When, when at yeah. w- at which point is it a, a real problem? Because you know I, I get into trouble with friends for forgetting birthdays yeah. all the time. <laughs> Remember,
1: there's many cases, there's many many symptoms yeah. that all of us have at different times of our life. Yeah. You know, we all have days that we forgetful or post-pregnancy brain fog. I still battle with that one. You know, <laughs> you just feel you're not on top of things like previously. And also, when you go through a very, very busy type, um, time in your life, you know, with children, with work, with family, it, it's normal to be sometimes forgetful. I have to write down everything and it doesn't mean that there's a problem necessary. But we look at that symptoms being present, it needs to be excessive and it definitely impairs your functioning. So, just because there is one of those doesn't matter that doesn't mean you necessarily fulfill the criteria for a diagnosis. So there must be impairment. You know, and, and that, I think, is what's coming to the fore now in lockdown. Because previously, when you're in a structured environment and you have to do X, Y, and Z today, you have people that's working with you, you're with your team, you're all on the go, you work hard, you can tick the boxes. But now that we don't have that structure and we have this flexibility from working from home, we do not have that accountability and the structure of the day can just extend if, if needs be. And that's where we now see to start to see that people's productivity is going down. Mm. But now the important thing is, is it ADHD? Should I need to seek professional advice or should I first start just to manage my day better, to manage my technology better and have more discipline?
0: And, you know, the issue of managing technology better, how, how do we do it, uh, Professor uh, Skuman? Because technology is with us. It's it's around us. Uh, Sometimes the first thing people do when they wake up is look at their phones, and it's the last thing that they do before they go to bed.
1: Yeah. So there's a few general rules. Um, but it takes discipline, and it's a habit that you need to break and then new habits to form. The first easy one to do is to make meal times technology-free times. So never have a phone present while you're eating. Put the phone away. When you have a meal with your family, put the phone away. You know, at least that creates already a little bit of space, breakfast, lunch, dinner, that you're not on your phone. The second thing is one hour before bedtime, no screen time. And the third one is banning devices from the bedroom. Now, people can say, yeah, but they use their phone for music or as an alarm. The problem is if the phone is on your bedside table, you will be inclined to pick it up, to browse, and to look at it even during the night when you wake up. So, so those are three simple steps that we can do. So meal-free, meal times techno- uh, meal must be technology-free, one hour before bedtime, no screens in the bedroom. The other things that we need to do that takes a bit more effort is to make sure when you're, for example, working on your computer, that you do take frequent breaks. They, they say the ideal is every 45 minutes, take a five-minute break or every 90 minutes, a 15-minute break from your screen. Also, to maximize the screen time or online meetings that you have during a day. To six hours for work, and no more in adults. One and a half hours for recreational purposes. So your your personal time being to watch up or to watch, um, play games or watch videos. So to limit that. And the third thing is when you're at your desk or at your computer to make sure that you don't have all the notifications on that can disrupt you, so rather switch off some of the notifications, and also make sure that you limit the tabs that's open on your computer. Because in the end, if you have 20 tabs open, you end up hopping between screens without being productive. So rather only have maybe your browser on one or two tabs and your emails on one tab, but don't also have... WhatsApp open, and this and that and that. So that is some small changes that we can make that already will help you to reduce your screen time.
0: Professor Renata Skuman, let me thank you so much for your time this morning. She's a member of the South African Society of Psychiatrists. Some really, really good advice that she's given us. I think uh, I'll, I'll start with no phones at mealtime <laughs> for this week, and I'll see how far I can, I can get with that. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to take a quick break. More music when we continue.